0: Happy Father's Day. I have been blessed this week. I have, many of you know, I had to have uh, kind of an unexpected uh, minor surgery over the course of the last eight or nine days. And um, I am so thankful for an unbelievable staff uh, that makes Sunday go, even when I'm not able to, to be here. So can we say thank you to Pastor Matt and all of the other staff that made last Sunday go? I want to remind all dads, um, even online, let's say, you know, uh, I have to remember now, we've got a segment of our congregation that is worshiping with us online, so we don't want to forget about them. They are a vital part of CityGate, and if you're coming to us from, you know, I have these, you know, thoughts about, you know, all of our diligent, um, Members that are in their living room right now watching us online, but I know today is Father's Day, and I am probably right now being heard in some boat somewhere out there on the water. So let's welcome our online Citygate family. I want to remind all fathers please get your cup, um, and inside that cup's a goodie for you and your kids. Um, The Snowball Machine, our Snowball Company is here right outside. Uh, The office is here. Please go by and get that. that, That's a special treat that our kids want to be a part of. And I'm so thankful that we're back and we are now having children's ministry in our 11 o'clock. We're having children and youth and bus. So can we say thank you for all of those volunteers? But, you know, two weeks ago was our first Sunday back. And I know there's been some spikes and, you know, I'm going to believe that it's because we're doing more testing, you know, but I know that there are people that still aren't quite comfortable coming to big gatherings and that's okay, you know, and I want them to know if they're, they're at home on the boat and they're listening to, uh, and joining in in our worship today, um, they're a vital part and they should not feel bad about, being, you know, being a little anxious. And so I want to just say to all of our CityGate family that is taking taken that extra set of precautions, hey, we're still with you. We love you. And we, we respect that, that place and that decision that you've made. But man, I have been without people for so long and I was so excited two Sundays ago to come back in and worship with a group of people and then the very next Sunday I was getting surgery and so I'm glad to be right here in this building with you, amen. But two weeks ago I started a series called Closer because me and you still have to be wise and we still have to do some social distancing things. You know, I I look around and I see family and it's my nature just to come and hug you and to love on you, the kids. I went through children's ministry day and it was kind of strange. I had kids looking at me like, that's pastor, why isn't he loving on us? He's just walking by saying hello. Um, But you know, we need to be wise. But there's one, the reason we chose the closer series is that we believe that Jesus doesn't need to be socially distanced from our lives. We believe that he's not gonna get sick Um, That our our contagious nature, uh, our, you know, how many of you have lived perfect this week? All right, well, at least we know everybody's truthful now. Uh, I didn't have anybody I had to just call to the front immediately and just say, let's just pray right now. But all of us, none of us were perfect this week, but he is. And so our imperfection can't become so contagious it infects him, but his perfection starts to affect us. And we started this series about people in the Bible that just needed to get close to Jesus. We started with a leper in Matthew and a woman with an issue of blood in Mark chapter 5. And in Mark chapter 5 and in the book of Matthew, we saw these people that were considered to be unclean. And they both had to make an effort. They both lived outside of the city. They both made the effort of getting in in close proximity to Jesus. One of them got close enough for Jesus to touch. The other one got close enough to reach down kind of secretly behind him and reach over and touch the bottom of his robe. Both believing that he was the promised Messiah. Both believing that if he touched them or they touched him, that they would be healed of what was going on in their life. And you know what? Their faith set both of them free. And so today, we're going to honor our fathers. I'm going to preach to the dads a little bit. I'm going to preach to the spouses, future spouses, girlfriends, children, everybody involved. And I'm going to preach to all of you about what it's like to hear a man of God stand up and start speaking, not by what he sees, but by the faith. ...that he has because he's been so close to Jesus, he has seen the impossible become possible. And so there's going to be a little bit for everybody. Everybody get ready, buckle up. We're about to pray over this thing and get... So buckle up your seatbelts. We're going to, at the end of this sermon, if it happens the way it happened in first service... ...you're going to hear the voice of the soldiers, the men of God, stand up and start proclaiming things about you, about this house, about our city, about our country, about your family. And isn't that a good thing to think about? So we're going to title this message, When You Get Close Enough to Jesus to See What He Sees. Let's pray. Father, today I thank you again for every opportunity you've given us to come into your house and to worship you. I thank you for the truth of your word. I thank you that if we can get close today, that us as fathers, us as men of God can stand in a position and see things that aren't necessarily what we can see with our natural eyes. Father, let us see through faith, let us proclaim through faith, and let us believe that the impossible could be possible today. Let the men of God be honored today as they stand in positions of fatherhood. Whether they are biological fathers or whether they're mentors or fathers to the fatherless, we give you praise, honor, and glory because it is you we've come to worship more than any. And we thank you for the name of Jesus, the power of salvation, and the authority of His resurrection. And we give you the praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Oh, I can see right now, I'm going to have a favorite member this morning right up here in the front. She's cute. She's right there already saying amen. But let's get started with Mark chapter 5, this scripture, this text about this woman with this issue of blood. Because she's not the only story in it. The chapter starts out about this guy that was living over across the lake... And he was possessed. Something had gone wrong in his life. And I've preached this sermon, uh, you know, a thousand times about this guy and about what must have went wrong. But something happened. And he decides that he's giving up on life. And he goes and lives in the cemetery, in the tombs. He becomes so enamored with darkness that he is now possessed by 6,000 demonic spirits. And by the time Jesus shows up, this man is so bound that the scripture literally says they can't hold him with chains. He's out of his mind. He's just, you know, a mess. Strips off all of his clothes, runs screaming in the tombs. Jesus shows up. This man runs to Jesus... And Jesus is not just trying to comfort him in his position, but he takes authority over what's going on in his life. And he starts speaking to the demonic spirit that now possesses the man. And he said, what is your name? And they say, we are Le- our name is Legion, for we are many. They've made like a thousand movies about that. You know, scary movies, you ever heard of Legion? Yeah, do you realize one Jesus cast out a legion of demons and didn't even have to break a sweat. The problem is, is that when he spoke freedom over this man, these demons went into pigs and the pigs jumped over the cliff. The problem was, Jesus was doing this in the land of pig farmers. And they're like, hey man, we appreciate what you did, but you know, do you mind leaving? You know, you're you're bad for business. You know, we thank you. The guy now is clothed. He's going around 10 cities. He's preaching about what you did for him. But we have pigs and we, we'd like for you to go. And he gets in a boat, goes back to the other side of the lake and about halfway through this chapter, he gets off the boat and immediately he is surrounded by people and this man named Jairus, a father, shows up. And he, he's a man, a ruler of the synagogue and Jesus was popular among the common people but he really didn't have a lot of popularity among the religious See, because Jesus come to challenge traditions. He come to challenge uh, routine. He come to bring change. And all of this was challenging to their authority, to their power, and their position. And this man had all three. He comes, but he's coming humbly. I'm going to read the scripture in just a moment. He's going to come because he's a dad. And I've preached this thing, like I said, a thousand times. And really thinking back now, I may not have been as accurate as I thought I was. Because when I would preach it before, I would bring out how this guy was risking his career. He was willing to take everything and lay it aside and, and, and come to Jesus. Because if he gets to Jesus because he has to confess with his mouth and he, with, by his actions, I believe you're the Messiah and you're the only hope my daughter has. And he is in that place of desperation. And, and I'm going to just be honest with you for just a little bit. It's hard to get rid of your comfort. We think, we, we talk about, just get rid of your comfort. You know, hey man, it's more difficult than you think. I mean, there's not that, you, how many of you know that comfort is not sin? Say amen. amen. Yeah, you're allowed to like nice things. You know, you don't have to sit on a five gallon bucket in your living room. You know, you can have furniture. That's a comfort of life. How many of you enjoy the comfort of life called air conditioning? Come on now, somebody say amen. Yeah, yeah. you ain't got no horse. Or if you do, he's your pet. He ain't your transportation. You know, they used to ride those things to get to and from places, right? We now have cars, trucks. I got blessed this week. I can't afford a new one, but I got a 2014 Ford F-250 now. I had a 150. I had to move up to a 250 because I need stuff to pull around, you know, I want to get out in the mud. I want to kick that thing in four-wheel drive and drive that thing like I own it. (laughs) But we like comforts. And sometimes when we have to, comforts aren't bad until we start choosing those uh, those comforts over things that are more important. Like if your air condition was more important than your mortgage, just preaching practical right now. Give me some time to warm up. We'll get there. You know, like I love my... Yeah, you quit paying your mortgage. They're going to take you and take you from the place where the air condition is and move it over here. Because if you like the air condition more than you like going to work, it's going to be hard for you to pay your mortgage, which keeps your air condition on. Got Got my drifts? Everybody say amen. So we love comfort, and there's nothing wrong with comfort until comfort becomes something that we have to hold on to instead of the more important things. This guy, I preached all of those times how he was willing to risk his comfort, risk his paycheck, risk his position, risk his title. But man, when you put it into context, is it really that hard to risk all of those things to save the life of your daughter? You know doesn't matter how much money you make. If you had to choose between how much you make in the life of one of your kids, surely you would pick, come on dads, you would pick risking it to save their life. Amen? Yeah, that's this guy. But he has not just come with, coming with a, a, a willingness to risk comfort. He's come with an ability to be so humble that he's having to acknowledge who Jesus is. Because the moment that he gets to Jesus, he just falls down on the ground at his feet. And starts begging him to come. Listen to what Scripture says. And when Jesus had crossed again in the boat (coughs) to the other side, a great crowd gathered about him, and he was beside the sea. And then came one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and seeing him fell at his feet and implored him earnestly, saying, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her so that she may be made well and live. And he went with him. See, Jesus, like I said, was loved by the common man. But the religious, they thought he might just be a good teacher. But they were not willing to acknowledge he was the Messiah, the Son of God. But this guy had become so desperate. His daughter is at the point of death. He doesn't have anything to lose. And Jesus is the only hope. If he is who he says he is, i got to get him to my house. Now picture this, guys. He runs up falls down at Jesus' feet and starts begging him, please, my daughter needs you. He's, she's about to die. She's at the point of death. I just need you to come. I believe I've heard about you. I've heard about the miracles. I believe you're the Messiah. Can you come and touch her? Because if you're the Messiah, your touch can change everything. Man. And music to this guy's ears. Jesus said, yeah, I'll come. Now, here's where we read a little bit out of the story. Like, how many of you are dads? Say amen. Amen. Now, do you think you would just be like strolling? Like, yeah, man, Jesus is coming. Let's just all chill out. Let's come on here. There's a big crowd here. Everybody, come on. We're going to my house. My daughter's about to die. Don't worry. Come on. Just just chill out. No, man. You're like grabbing him by the robes. You're talking to people. At least I would be. I'd be like borderline rude. Like I know y'all all showed up for a teaching today, but my daughter's sick and I got to get this guy to my house. Love you, God bless you. He'll put it on, on CD. He'll put it on the internet. He, he'll be with you Tuesday. But we got to get to my house. I mean, wouldn't you be dragging him? You'd be like, I got to get you to my house. The problem is, is during the, the trip from where he acknowledges that he's the, uh, he has to have Jesus come to his house, to his house, in the middle of this trip, there's this lady that we talked about before. she suffered 12 years, issue of blood. She slips up and she touches the hem of his garment and Jesus stops to the, to the probably fear of this father. What are you doing? And he goes, who touched me? And he's like, he did, come on. We got to go. The disciples said, everybody's touching you. He said, no, somebody touched me different." And he looks around and Scripture literally tells you in this fifth chapter of the book of Mark, he says when they made eye contact with one another basically and she saw that he knew the truth, she come and fell before him and told him everything. I had this plan. You were going to just walk by. I was going to be secret. I was going to kneel down, touch the hem of your garment. And he tells her, daughter, your faith have made you whole. She said, I believed if I could just touch the hem of your garment, you would make me whole. You would heal me. And instantly, as soon as I touched it, my blood stopped. This guy is just right there, ready to risk everything, being a good father. And he's like, come on, man, we got to go. She's sick, she's gonna die. Got to go. Thank you, lady. I love you. God bless you. We'll be back with you. Can I get your number? We'll call you when he's done. I got to get him to Jesus. And then it happens where his world turns upside down. It says, right when he was talking to this woman, servants from his house came and said this. Don't trouble the master anymore. Your daughter's dead. Oh. What would you have thought if you were the dad? I can't speak for you, so I'm going to speak for myself. This is what I would have thought. Man, if he had just come over to this side of the lake one day earlier. Man, if if it wasn't for this stinking crowd... And I know that lady, she didn't mean any harm. She just was trying to do something secret. I don't know why he stopped. But maybe if, he, if all of these things would have just been right, I could have got him to the house. But now, I've risked everything and it now seems like everything I've, I've hoped for, everything I've risked is now gone. Can you imagine the devastation? People putting their arms around him. Oh, man, that's tough. I, man. Jesus looks him right in the eye... because the hardest thing was not him risking his job. The hardest thing for this man... is what Jesus is about to tell him. Fear not, only believe. And you say, well, Pastor, what does that mean in modern terms? If you're willing to keep going to the house, I am too. Yeah, but you heard him, right? Yeah, don't scare me. I'm willing to go. you willing to go? And what he was telling this man... Is can you have the courage to see something that's invisible? Because, fathers, I don't care where you are and what walk of life, we've got dads that have been dads for like three weeks. How old's Jackson? A month, a month today. Nathan has been a dad for four whole weeks. Come on, let's give Nathan a hand. <clears throat> And I know that Nathan thinks that the worst thing that can happen in Jackson's life is a bad diaper, you know, up all night and throwing up all at the same time. But I'm telling you, Jackson's going to grow up and he's going to have some stuff, life. And Nathan's going to have to stand in the position of all of us as fathers and start to see things that are invisible more than we see things because I believe that this woman being healed right in front of him, him being so close to Jesus that he saw the miracle happen, gave him the faith to keep going. And sometimes, dads, we got to speak about things that are invisible because I am a product of it. When I was living crazy in my life, my parents... Happy Father's Day, Dad, by the way. I was able to wish him Happy Father's Day. He is an inspiration to me. He is an example of fatherhood and a man of character. And would you help me honor my dad by just putting your hands together? Happy Father's Day, Dad. My dad's steady Eddie, man. He was the guy that had to put me out. He was the guy that walked me to the door. I love you, son, but you can't keep doing what you're doing here. You see these numbers? These ain't your address anymore. Not until you change. Well, Dad, you're supposed to just accept me as who I am. I do, I love you, but you can't do that here. Well, wait a minute, Dad. See, my dad, and then I went just sprayed ropes crazy. I mean like crazy. Like I was doing things I never thought I would do. being Ending up in places I never thought I would end up. And with people, I, just crazy multiplied by crazy. And my dad and mom would see me and they would, my dad, he's just like steady at He don't never raise it. I, I don't know that I've heard my dad yell a day in my life. Now I've seen him talk stern to me. See, I told first service, at the pleasant household, you had to be within whistling distance. My dad could whistle. I'm going to mention that in just a little bit in this sermon. And my dad would come in to where I was presently living, crazy, living in crazy. And he would walk around and go, oh man, yeah. You doing all right, Dave? And my dad could love me, tell me he loved me at minute. But he never participated in my dysfunction. He said, man, you, you, you call this fun. This is it. This is fun. Look at yourself, man. You had a college education. Now look at what you got. You living in somebody else's garage, they turned into a bedroom. And I'm thankful for that family, by the way. They listen on Sunday. And I'm thankful for that family. They, they, they probably helped the Lord uh, help me. But man, I was living in somebody's garage turned into a bedroom that still had the shelf around the top that we had lined every inch of that shelf with whiskey bottles. And my dad, well, my dad's never had a drop of alcohol in his life. My dad would walk in there and go, this is fun. Man, I love you. I ain't paying for this. And then he would say, you're better than this, son. See, because sometimes dads have to look past the present conditions of their kids and still love them with all of their heart even though they're flawed, even though that they're going through some stuff, even though that they have some issues. We're not to discard them. We're to love them through it. But my dad had a responsibility to use his voice to call out things that were invisible and say, David, your present circumstances say you are this. But I, as your father, stand in a position and say, no, you are a man of God. No, you have a calling on your life and no, the devil can't have you and I would like I would love hanging out with my dad and I, I found myself longing for him to call me who I really was at first I was like why are you judging me and then all of a sudden I realized he was telling the truth and I would long for him to see past my imperfections and see past my present circumstances to call out those things and to see something that is invisible that doesn't look like it's possible anymore. Anybody ever watch Lord of the Rings? You can admit it. Say amen. <laughs> well, Pastor, there's wizards in there, and I don't watch wizardry. <laughs> okay, I do. <laughs> And I was going to play it today, but then I just, I I, I felt like, man, you're going to get like a hundred emails and you're going to like have to talk to 10,000 people on the internet about how you let Gandalf the wizard come into the church. (laughs) So I'm not going to play it. I'm just going to, you're going to be a Lord of the Rings with me. Here we go. There's a scene in Lord of the Rings where Gandalf and these little people called the hobbits and they got a few tall men, they're soldiers and they're running, they're in the belly of the earth in these caves and they're running from this fire-breathing beast that looks like the devil with a big old whip and a sword. And they're running And, and you know, you gotta realize these little people have little legs and they can't run the beast is about to get them. And they get to this narrow place and it looks like the door uh, to the little place the beast can't get through. And and there's a bridge on the other side of the little little opening. And Gandalf says, little people, run run over the bridge. (laughs) Hobbits, go. You know, (laughs) go. And they're running as fast as they can. And this beast just busts through the little opening like, I'm going to get you anyway. And Gandalf realizes that the beast is about to kill them all. And so he stands in the middle of the the bridge and he says these words, you shall not
1: pass.
0: Oh man, that's the end of teaching, beginning of preaching. There is a group of men here that are gonna live by the authority of scripture. Ladies, this is gonna be a little bumpy for you, buckle up. There is a time, yes, God can use anybody, a man or a woman. I'm not preaching about about sexism. I'm preaching about there's a time and a place for everything. And there's some times where Scripture says he's not looking for a woman, he's looking for a man to be a man. Like when an Old Testament prophet says, hey, God looked at the, the, uh, the wall surrounding you of protection and there was a missing section of the wall and he says, I looked for a man to stand in the gap. It, ladies, it doesn't mean you can't pull your sword out. It just means that you should have the protection of those in authority, or those that he was. God was not looking for Deborah at the time. He was looking for a man. Because the culture of today is missing the masculinity of the voice of a man to stand up and speak as a father and look, I don't mean that are you a biological father. Hey, we got some fatherless. That's what the culture is trying to tell us is that we're in some of this shape because there are no fathers. Well, let me tell you, let Citygate get pointed in the direction of the fatherless and men in this room will rise up and become fathers to the fatherless. And we will stand there and say, you shall not pass. You are not going to have my next generation. You're not going to have my church. You're not going to have my family. You're not going to have my city. You're not going to have my country. You're not going to have my world. You shall not pass. Man, sometimes you got to stand up and say something. But you know what, men? A lot of us would stand up and say, you shall not pass. I like that statement. Because that's what my dad would say to the devil when he would taunt my dad. I read my dad's prayer journal. And when he would say, the enemy would come and say, I'm going to kill David while he's crazy. And my dad would say, you shall not pass. But I don't need men just to say what can't come. I need men that will say what can come. With the same passion, you'll look at the devil and say, thou shalt not pass. I need somebody to say what can come. Do I have enough men in here that can be fathers to speak through faith and say, the devil can't destroy us, but come Holy Spirit, come and purge us, cleanse us, perfect us, move upon us to produce the change that is necessary for me to be a godly example to my wife and kids, amen. Now let me preach to the men just for a few minutes about their quote unquote position of authority if you're having to tell your spouse you're in charge you're not in charge brother if you had to pull out your title card I'm the husband the head of the house ain't gonna work for you No, but she'll be willing to have take your words of leadership if you've built the foundation of confidence in her by speaking the love language that she needs in the privacy of your home. If she knows you love she you love her by the words you say and the, your words match your actions, she don't hesitate to follow you. Let's just preach on, pastor. Kick this thing over the hill and let's get going. You had surgery, you can get whatever's broken fixed. So here we go. Your kids are not gonna listen to your voice of discipline if you have no discipline in your life. Woo! I about got the Holy Ghost right there. I started to get it right there, boy. When you're telling them to do something that you won't discipline your own self to do, how are they gonna have any confidence in your words? Come on, young people, say amen to that. Yeah, and I need people to be able to speak to, the, to, to something that's invisible. This dude got close enough to Jesus to see his daughter alive again. And he said, okay, if you'll go, I'll go. This time, there ain't no need to rush, he's dead. He's, he's fighting, just falling apart. You ever notice, camera people, can I get down there? We're going to try it anyway. You ever notice that when you finally start standing up for faith, you start finally seeing something? Because sometimes you've got to call stuff out. You're like, I know my people, I, I, I know my kids, they, they're like messed up right now. I, 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 on the sake of uh, the realities are here somewhere, and I love the realities you know, but let me just tell you their story. Their dad is a man of faith and I'm so thankful to have a friendship with him. But man, when you're kids, you got three boys, Michael, Alex, and Anthony, and one of them got shot, one of them got stabbed in the heart and all three of them went crazy for a short bit of their life. At that point, when you got that kind of kids coming up and you got to be a man of faith to stand up and say, you know what, everything looks bad right now, but I declare that I have been close enough to Jesus to see him, see them through his eyes. So I'm not giving up. I'm just going to walk with him enough that by the time we get to where they got to be, do you know what, the guy that got shot is saved. He got saved and his brother got saved. They got saved and his brother got stabbed and then he got saved. And now they're all fathers. They're all husbands. They have beautiful families. They're successful in their career. And one of them's our youth pastor. So can somebody say, there's a man that can speak over the invisible and bring it out. So that's just for, that's just for my man... Papa Reality, right there. He'll get the tape of this. But you ever notice that when when you start operating by faith, it gets worse before it gets better? You're like, God, man, I thought you were on my team. I took this big risk, and He's like, Oh yeah, yeah, I died on the cross. <laughs> You're like, Yeah, man, I didn't think of it that way. <laughs> I thought you were going, uh, you know, I don't know, I. I yeah, then I got up from the I left heaven to go to the cross for you and then I went to the cross and then got up from the dead. And yeah, oh man. Yeah, you are really trying. <laughs> but he gets finally gets to the address. And they're singing inside. They're mourning. They're singing, they're crying. Now you have to remember, they're not mourning for the girl. She's dead. They're not singing for her. They're singing for her parents. To bring comfort during their time of crisis, you know, it's the same thing we do. We just don't sing anymore. We just bring food. You let something bad happen in your life, and like we're like, "Where's your address, man? We're bringing you food for like four days. We're your church people. We're your family. We're there for you, and we mean that." But they get all the way to the address. He's like, "We're here finally. Come on, Jesus." And he's like, "Ah, oh, man." I can't go in there if they're going to be in there. What? Yeah, I, I can't be in there. Uh, they're, they're mourning the dead. She ain't dead. She's asleep. And you have to decide right now who you're going to believe. If you believe she's dead, go in there and join the song. If you believe she's asleep, tell them to get out. Now, this is where in my imagination, he ain't he ain't polite. He's like... I can't whistle. Can anybody whistle? You, did you do that? Yeah, can you do it louder? Yeah, my dad used to do that. I, that, I, that was the thing. He would do that. He would put his fingers in and out, And I would have to be close enough that it, at dinner time that if I could hear him whistle. Because if I didn't hear him whistle and I didn't come home, when I did come home, he said, hey, I whistled for you. And you're like, all right. He's like, no, 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 you didn't understand. You, you didn't come when I whistled, so go to your room. See, I didn't get time, I didn't live in timeout. The era of timeout, I didn't get that privilege. I learned a different way. Let's just leave it at that. So I had to listen, I, I could hear a whistle like that for like two miles. I, just, I was like, you hear that? My, dad, <laughs> my dad's calling me, I got to go. I'd be running. Cause man when you have a dad that has authority like that man and that's what I'm trying to preach about men we have to have more than the title we have to have the authority and that comes through the discipline and the actions of our behavior that have modeled the truth of scripture before our families and before our kids and this guy goes in there whistle one more time Everybody's singing got to get up off out of here I know thank you for coming but you got to get out because I saw something invisible about a mile back that my dead daughter could come back alive again if you get out of the house and he gets in the house. So I got to put you out. I'm sorry. I, I, I know it's going to trouble our friendship. I know we're going to be in trouble after this. You're probably going to drop me from your Facebook. I know you probably aren't going to text me for another couple of weeks. And you are going to say something bad about me on Instagram. But you got to get out of here. Come on, dads. We got to tell some things to get on up out of our house. Yeah. They go out. He goes in. What happens next, Pastor? You know what happens. He walks into the room, says, Little girl, get up. Reaches out his hand, pulls a dead girl back to life. Hands are to her. Mom and dad said, Feed the youngin'. She's hungry. Oh, yeah. Dave, get ready. Dad's. How many of you have been close enough to Jesus to see something invisible about your kids, about your family, about your church, about your community, about your nation, about your world? The Bible says this, the earth calls out, yearns for the sons of God to arise. Then in Romans chapter 4, talking about a father talking about Abraham, he says this. He says that he believed God without wavering. Even when everything he could see was contrary to what God said. And it even goes into detail. He said when he was 100 years old, he did not waver when his body quit doing what it was supposed to do to produce children. Then he looked at his wife's barrenness for 99 years and said, yep, that ain't going to stop me either from believing that the word of the Lord said that I'm going to be the father of many nations and I'm just going to keep holding on. The Bible says it counted it unto him for righteousness and in verse 17 of the fourth chapter of the book of Romans, it said, because he called those things that are not as though they are. A man willing to speak out craziness on the surface to believe God was going to back it up. Now, Father's Day means a lot to me, not only because I want to honor my dad, but because 18 years ago, God told me to come to Fort Myers and I had to tell a church of people 18 years ago that my call was here, not there. And it also marks one of the greatest revivals in the history of America when the Brownsville Revival started on Father's Day where hundreds of thousands of people come to the knowledge of Christ. Men, what are we going to call out? What are we going to say? You shall not pass here. What are we going to say with tenderness? Are we going to let culture tell our kids that they love them more than we do? Not on your life. Almost cussed there. I've never done that in a sermon. I'm going to try to keep that record. But <laughs> I wanted to say... No. I'm not going to let culture do that. Yeah, Marissa will say it for me if I need her to. No, man, we're not going to have culture tell my kids I love them more than I do. I'm not going to have somebody else care more about their well-being than me. I'm not going to let somebody else invade my world to tell us what is right and wrong when Scripture gives us clear understanding of truth. Fathers, what, who, what's going to happen when you speak as if you've been close enough to Jesus to see the invisible? What's going to break? In first service, there was a gentleman standing right over here, sitting right over here. And I know a little bit about his life and he has an adult son that struggles with addictions. And I saw him with hands raised speaking into the invisible world as a father saying, you shall not pass. You you ain't gonna have him. You can't keep him. The destiny that God has for him, I will stand here and declare to the emptiness of the invisible realm until I see it come to pass. I will call those things that are not as though they are until they, the things that are not become the things that I've called them to be. And I know I've preached a long time, but I got to get us here. Will you give me? It's twelve eleven. I promise you, I'll have you out by 1220. But will you, give me, will you give me nine more minutes of your time? And ladies, I think you're going to enjoy it. David, come and lead us in a moment of worship.
1: My father's a family.
0: Ladies, one day I'm going to get Michelle to teach class. For 32 years, she has been telling me that I'm Superman. And she has made me believe it. Even when she navigates me into things that she wants me to do as a husband and a father. And... Maybe the first time I did them, I didn't do them exactly right. She would praise me to make me want to do it better instead of criticize. Because when the criticism comes, it makes me want to draw back and say, no, I'm not going to risk it anymore. So ladies, there was a time in Israel where God was looking for a man and he said, I found none. That is not the case here in this house. There are men of God that pray, stand in conviction and character. They speak with truth according to the leading of God. They lead with affection. They lead with discipline. And they lead as men of courage and faith. A lot of years ago they would say, Pastor, man, you love all those ladies on Mother's Day and you bust our chops on Father's Day. But I, hey, it worked. Because they're men of God, soldiers of the faith. The ones that pray over you. The ones that, that protect you. The ones that call those things that are not for you as though they were. The ones that speak to darkness and say you shall not pass. They are about to arise to their feet. And I think a soldier is worthy of the honor due to them. So you may not have a husband here. Presently, you may not have that. You may not even be married to the guy, but you're thinking about it. Hey, you're about to see men stand up and they're gonna open their mouth and they're gonna pray out loud. And, dear, dear. Sister, if your husband is not as articulate as if he had prayed an outspoken prayer all of his life and he's a little nervous about it, he stammers a little bit and struggles a little bit, but you hear him say in Jesus' name, amen, by the time you get to the car today, you say that's the most powerful prayer I've ever heard in my life. Not because I want you to lie, because I want you to know that you felt protected. I want them to know that you felt honored that they were praying on your behalf even though they didn't do it right. So I'm ready for you to get your response prepared because the men of God are about to stand up in this place. And you've been crying for the men to stand up, so honor them when they do. So get your, get your, get your honor ready. You ready? So men of God, whether you are fathers or fathers-to-be, or you're going to, by faith, take a fatherless and become a mentor and a father to them, I want you to stand up if you are a man. I want you to know that you, there is possibilities and potential. Come on, City Gate, let's stand up, men. Ladies, treat them right. Come on, treat them right. You say, Pastor, what are we gonna pray what are we gonna pray about? I gave a mug to a guy uh, earlier today that is struggling having children. And I just handed him a mug said, here, I'm going to speak prophetically. I think you're going to be a dad one day. Boom. There it is. See, I still, see, I'm going to pray. How many of you believe that when somebody dies, it becomes pretty hopeless? But if Jesus can bring somebody back from the dead, that he can do just about anything. Amen? Yeah. That's why I still get up in the morning. And there's some of you that have gone through divorces that that haven't got hooked up with other people yet. You know what happens when your pastor gets out of bed? I pray for the restoration of your marriage. You say, well, pastor, that's impossible. We've been divorced. I got a God that can raise a girl from the dead. I know he can overcome a piece of paper. So let's pray, men. Let's pray what shall not pass first. I like that part. we're going to just say devil you can't have my kids you can't have my church you can't have anything belongs to me I'm going to face you as a man of courage I'm not afraid of you so would you pray with me now I'm not asking you to let your wife hear me pray up here with this microphone there's more of you than me with one microphone I want to hear your voice I don't care if you just stand there and say I'm going to do what pastor did you shall not pass I want to hear something amen let's pray right now father right now hear the voice of these men We are calling out into the heavenlies right now. We are by faith standing there and declaring things that are not as though they are. We're talking about kids that aren't saved. We're gonna call them saved right now. We're gonna believe that that they're gonna come to a knowledge of Christ and they're gonna serve you and give their lives to you in such a way that it honors you and brings you glory. Father, the devil can't have my kids. He's never gonna have been and never gonna have their kids. I want you to hear them say, they're gonna have a family of peace. They're gonna have a family that's founded on the love of. Of God. They're going to have a family with a strong marriage. They're going to have a family where the kids look at their fathers and say, I want my husband, I want my, my future to look like that in Jesus' name. And the enemy cannot have them. Listen to the voice of the fathers right now, God. As we cry out about what the enemy is not going to be allowed to do in our city, in our community, in our state, in our our country, in our world. Not going to be able to destroy. We're going to speak the truth of the peacemaking power of the transformational power of the gospel of Jesus. Listen, ladies, to the sound. Isn't that wonderful? Listen to the sound of those men praying. Oh, listen. They're getting bolder and bolder. I hear it getting louder and louder. But you don't need us just to tell the devil he can't come. You need us to be men of God that says, come Holy Spirit, come. Come bring the winds of revival. Come bring the spirit of truth. Come sweep over us with the reign of Pentecost that allows us to be transformed for your glory. So now fathers, let's pray for God to sweep over us with revival. Tell, tell the heavenlies what can come into the house of God. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here holy spirit we want revival we want to not just experience it we want to be a part of it we want revival in our families we want revival in our living rooms we want revival on our workplaces we want revival in our church we want revival in children's ministry we want revival in youth ministry we want to rise raise up the next ones that are going to be the preachers the evangelists the teachers the prophets the apostles that are going to speak the words of truth into a world that desperately needs them. We stand here as the fathers and believe that the same thing that that father in Mark 5, that the impossible could be possible in Jesus' name. And all of us said, amen. Come on, ladies, now let's give the Lord some praise.